Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. We are going to be talking all about causes of droopy lids today, also known as atosis. It looks like ptosis, but it's actually just said ptosis. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this this week was because my sweet, sweet goddaughter named Macy uh, was born with ptosis. And my in the height of the pandemic last year, she was born on March 20th. And my sister was beside herself. It was her third baby. And she knew immediately that something wasn't right. And uh, she calls me, right? I'm her eye doctor sister. And she was like, what's wrong? And she went down the Google rabbit hole of trying to figure out what was wrong with her daughter. And, you know, it it was definitely a a very traumatic experience for her having her new baby with a lid uh, that wasn't working as well. But luckily, she just had a ptosis that she was born with. Uh, We don't really know the etiology. There might have been some birth trauma. We're not really 100% sure. But the good news is, is that we've ruled out every other scary part of uh, what could cause ptosis, and we'll delve into that. Uh, But she just has now that she's grown up a little bit, uh, her lid is just a little bit lower. It's about a millimeter or two lower than the other one. I think it adds a little character to her. She is the sweetest little thing. So we're just going to be talking about lid droops and the most benign causes of them, but also some more severe causes of them. Uh, So let's just jump right in. Okay, so when we are talking about atosis or a droopy lid, there are really like three main causes that we can break down in terms of the etiology of what's making that lid droop. The first is the muscle that's responsible for lifting up your upper lid. Your levator muscle could just have some weakness to it. Uh, The second cause is the nerve that innervates that muscle could have damage to it. That nerve is called your ocular motor nerve. And also the third cause is you could just have looseness of the skin. The skin around the lid has a lot of natural fattiness to it that you tend to lose over time as you age. So you can almost get this sagging effect on the upper lid, which can make the lid appear that it is droopy. Right. Now there is, as I talked about a little bit, we want to rule out what is the cause, right? There's all these different options. What could be the cause? I think before we start, and if you have a lid that is a little droopy, we need to really highlight what age did that lid droop begin? When did it start? Does it stay the same all day? Does it vary throughout the day? And is there any other systemic things going on with you that maybe could be contributing? So I think it's really important to look at not just a lid droop by itself, but also all of those factors. So let's talk about the most benign part of your lid droop. And Dr. Elk sort of alluded to this. It could just be age. Your lid's you, you lose that elasticity, age could definitely be a factor. Also genetics, some people just have droopier lids than others, that they're just more prone to that, that droopiness than others. Some of the more parts that we want to really rule out if there is damage to the actual nerve itself, which could be due to a mechanical injury, some type of injury within your life, or if there is a tumor. Okay, and I think a really important thing to highlight too is if the droopy lid is in just one lid versus both lids. So in the more benign causes like genetics or age, that's going to likely be a similar process that occurs to both lids. So both lids will appear droopy. And some of these more serious things that we're getting into like a tumor injury, 
it may just be one lid that appears droopy. So that's a, a really important thing that we wanna highlight also. Now we're gonna go through some systemic causes. So something that's more so happening within your system beyond your eye that's causing your droopy lid. Uh, so the first one we're going to highlight is myasthenia gravis. So this is a neuromuscular disease that is autoimmune in nature. And essentially your body produces antibodies that block the muscle cells from receiving the messages from the nerve cells. So if that process is being blocked, that nerve isn't going to send the proper message to the muscle that innervates your upper lid to cause it to raise normally. Uh, symptoms are typically worsened with activity and improve with rest. And so this person typically has variability in their lid droop where it really worsens at night or when they are really, really fatigued. Right. That's a big one that we like to rule out whenever we see like an adult patient that comes in that says like my lid droop is just getting worse and worse. So that that's a big one to rule out. The next one we want to talk about is Horner's syndrome. Now, Horner's syndrome can be caused by an interruption in a set of nerve fibers that start in the part of the brain called the hypothalamus and travel to the face and the eyes. These nerve fibers are involved with sweating, the pupils in the eyes, and the upper and lower eye muscles. So these nerve fibers can be damaged from a lot of different things. Uh, sometimes it can be present at birth, that it, and it can be paired with heterochromia. Macy doesn't fall into that if you're wondering, but that and heterochromia is when someone has two different uh, iris colors. Other causes of the nerve fibers can be due to an injury of the carotid artery, injury to the nerves at the base of the neck, or tumors at the top of the lung or tumors in the brainstem. So there's a lot of etiologies and a lot of places in the body that can affect the set of nerve fibers. So we really, again, if this is a newer onset in an adult, we need to rule out what could the possible cause be. And lastly, we just want to highlight that if there was any stroke potential for a stroke that could also cause a lid droop as well. Okay. So when a droopy lid is present in a child, one thing, you know, it's obviously important to rule out the underlying etiology and the cause of it um, to make sure it's nothing more serious causing it. But another concern is deprivation amblyopia. So what does that mean? Amblyopia is essentially, you know, a lazy eye, we don't love that term, but that's the, the nomenclature that a lot of people know it as. And that means something is blocking the input to an eye. So the signal between the brain and eye starts to dampen and weaken, and that eye starts to develop reduced visual acuity and overall reduced visual skills. One thing that could block that visual input is if the lid is drooping enough and coming down over the visual access, that eye is going to have reduced visual input and the process of amblyopia could occur. Right. And when I was speaking with my sister, Macy, that was something that I was very concerned with. And luckily, Macy had some ability to lift that lid and it isn't going over that, that pupil. But it's really important that if the lid is covering over that visual access, that it gets treated sooner rather than later, because we want the most normal binocular vision experience for both eyes to be experiencing the same thing visually so that they can develop, right? Because vision is a learned process. We don't come out of the womb knowing how to see or how to coordinate our eyes. So that experience is really, really important in development. And the sooner that they can get the lid at the same level and the eyes seeing the same, the better outcome for the child. This episode is brought to you by Luminous. For over 50 years, Luminous has developed innovative gold standard devices for eye care, like the first SLT laser, the first argon laser photocoagulator, and the revolutionary dual path SLT and YAG laser. 
Luminous, the inventor of intense pulse light, or IPL, is proud to announce the first and only IPL system to receive FDA approval for management of dry eye disease and to launch OptiLite, a bright solution for dry eyes. OptiLite uses Luminous's patented optimal pulse technology to allow consistent, precise, and controlled treatment. If your patients suffer from dry, gritty, tired eyes, and dry eye disease due to meibomian gland dysfunction that is impacting their quality of life and their vision, Optilite puts the power for treating dry eye disease in the palm of your hand. Optilite breaks the dry vicious cycle of inflammation and delivers improvement in tear breakup time and other clinical signs of dry eye disease. To learn how you can elevate dry eye management with Optilite, visit luminous.com slash Optilite. And this really jumps kind of into what are some treatment options, right? Like what could we do? Like I said, as a kid, if there is any concern about deprivation amblyopia, surgery will be done. As an adult, surgery is also an option. Even though it's part of the natural aging process, as that lid starts to droop and it starts to impact and starts to go over your visual axis, it really does start to affect your visual field. So the way that insurance works for a blepharoplasty is that we have to show that if we were to lift the lid, you would have an improvement in your visual field. And it really is a legitimate surgery for a lot of people. I actually just had a patient, uh, she's in vision therapy currently, but before we started therapy, I said to her, I said, I think we need to talk about lifting those lids. She's not old, but just her family uh, has a tendency for those lids to droop. And it really opened up her visual field significantly after the surgery. And she felt like her whole world was brighter after the surgery. So if you are an adult that is struggling with some lid droop, you may want to consider getting a consult with an oculoplastic ophthalmologist that can take care of those lids for you. The other option for adults, if it's fairly benign, is you could do nothing if it's really not bothering you. There's also this other great option on the market now. It's a it's an eye drop. Um, it's called Upneek, and you put it in, and it helps to lift your lids for the day. Now you have to use the drop every single day uh, in order for it to keep the effect, but it's a really great option for, for patients that are maybe a little bit unsure about surgery or that makes them a little nervous. Now I do have to mention that Upneek does not work if there is injury or actual nerve damage. It really works for that cohort of patients that it's more genetics age related, but it's a really great option to try if you are self-conscious about the, that lid droop. Okay, so that's what we wanted to highlight about ptosis. So our take-home points are really just to have a droopy lid assessed because it could be completely benign and normal for you, uh, but there also could be a more serious neurological or systemic cause. And there are also many, many treatment options like Dr. Zilnicki just outlined that are available to you if cosmetically your droopy lid is bothering you or if it is reducing your visual input and your vision. Yeah, so any droopy lids out there, go and have it checked by your local eye doctor just to roll anything more serious and to hear your management options. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020, and follow us on Instagram. For additional content, check out our practice, Twin Forks Optometry, on both Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.